Today we have our text is from Romans chapter 8. And Paul writes this to the church in Rome. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For what God has done, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, and anyone who does not have the Spirit of God does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness." If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. This is our text today. Uh, This morning for our our message is going to take a little bit of a a different spin. I'm going to invite Blake to to come have a seat with me. We're going to have a a chat together. This is going to be interesting because I've not preached sitting down in a long time. And by that, I mean ever. So if I just get nervous... Uh, that's why. It's not because of you. <laughs> so thanks for being here, Blake. My, my pleasure. Thanks so for having where, me. Where is home? Uh, Santa Ana, California. Santa Ana, California. Yeah. So I was asked by the 930 crowd, is he going to be with us all the time? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I wish, though. It, it was just wonderful. The 930 folks, they were really, really grateful that you came and, and shared with us today. Yeah, I live very close to Disney. Land. Ah, the other one. Yeah, not yeah. world. So It's smaller. Yeah. It's, well. it's, it's cute. Today in our text, uh, there was tension, and sometimes uh, as humanity, we like to have tension resolved, right? Tension always kind of gives us a little kind of pit in our stomach, and and, and it makes us uncomfortable. But in this case, tension is something that we're supposed to lean into, and Paul talks about this tension of of, uh, if we we live according to the flesh, then then we're captive to our sin, We, we die to our sin. Uh, there's just death remaining. But if we, if we set our minds in things that are above, then we have life. And, and I think sometimes it's easy to, to fall into the trap. Well, we've got we've to resolve this. So let's, like, let's forget about life in the flesh and only think about life in the spirit. But, but if we do that, we're not really real about all the trappings of sin that, that are still all around us. Yeah, absolutely, Christ died for us and there's no condemnation. But at the same time, we're still surrounded by the trappings of sin, right? The death throes sure. of Satan and, and uh, things like cancer and loss and, and all, all the way up to, to death, right? And there's, mm. there's that tension that we live in that, that sin is still a part of our lives even though, even though Christ has, has put that to death in us. It's still a part of our lives. But I love how Paul says there's now no condemnation. It's not like a little bit remaining. There's no condemnation. So, so what that means to me is, 
is this, this, the confession and absolution we just went through. You know, it, I love that because it's a great reminder. I'm washed clean. I'm set free. God knows all my mistakes, but washes me clean uh, despite all of them. But it's not as if when I make a mistake, now I'm condemned. Hmm. Right? And now I need to confess. Or if I don't confess, I'm condemned. I'm going to hell uh, because I, I haven't received forgiveness yet. But, but God is like, no, Ty, you live in forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right? That's your condition. Yeah. And so we have this tension as, as, as the church that we're fallen and broken. We know we still make mistakes daily. But Paul says our faith is counted to us as righteousness, that, that there's no more condemnation to sin. And this tension that we live in is, is something that doesn't necessarily need to be resolved in this life, but kind of leaned into. I'm, I'm curious, in, in your world, Blake, as you kind of wrestle with forgiveness, or not forgiveness, I hope you don't wrestle with forgiveness, as you wrestle with tension, do you see tension as a part of, of your, daily, your daily walk with God or, or how you incorporate and work with music? Where, where does tension live for you? Yeah, well, so, you know, as you're talking, I, I think of uh, Luther's words when he's talking about baptism, that we need to daily be drowned. Our old, our old sinful self needs to be daily drowned, and then, and then we ra- are raised to new life. We... Um, uh, so, fifteen seventeen, who I work for and I head up m- music for, we just are about to f- release a hip hop record based on Luther's Small Catechism, and one of the tracks Which on that there, goes together, like peanut butter and jelly. Beautiful. You know? <clears throat> it's actually been an amazing project to be part of. One of the tracks that we did on there was uh, just about this. Really, it's about the old Adam the old man, the old person, the new, new, new man. And we did it in the form of a battle rap. Mm. And I, I'm guessing most of you are familiar. I, I mean, I, I, battle rap. I don't battle rap. Yeah. We are about to demonstrate a battle rap Perfect. for you. Yes. <laughs> so battle rap is, is kind of like a verbal boxing match. And I think that that's a little bit what it's like to be a forgiven Christian sometimes. We are, doesn't mean we don't, aren't tempted by sin or, gosh, now we're perfect, great, you know? <laughs> but we, we um, are living in a new reality, though, which is a reality of forgiveness. And again, to know that um, daily that old self is drowned and uh, forgiveness, uh, a forgiven self is, is there. And the f- <clears throat> I wrote a song once with a friend of mine that was um, uh, the National Youth Gathering was in New Orleans that year and um, we wanted to send them off with a, 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 the students from our church with a song and so we wrote this song called Grace on Bourbon Street and we said what did New Orleans have New Orleans uh, and God's grace have in common and I said, well, New Orleans got, has got humidity. A lot. A lot. And so we said, that's it. Because God's grace, it sticks to you. Ah. So, yeah. It smells better. It smells. It smells. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that, the, the aroma of Christ is so much better than the aroma of Bourbon Street. Than the aroma of sweaty teenagers. Yes, either. indeed. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Blake. No um, offense, teenagers. None. Uh, 
So as we, as we consider that tension and, and the, the motivation that we have to live, if, uh, if there's now no more condemnation, sometimes it'd be easy to think, oh, we can rely on free grace, right? If there's no more condemnation, then, then I can go to Bourbon Street and live however in the world I want to, right? And, and that's, that's missing out on the motivation that we have as, as forgiven and set free uh, creation. And this motivation that we have now, I think sometimes can either be, well, I can do whatever I want, uh, because Jesus is going to forgive me, or we can have this idea that, boy, if I don't buckle down and completely change my life and live for Him and live perfectly, then, then, then He's going to be upset with me, and, and we're still going to be at odds. And the reality is Jesus comes into that situation and says, no, it's, it's not A or B, it's, it's really C. Yeah. And, and I, I want you to be motivated to, to live out the commands of God. He doesn't throw the commands away, uh, but he teaches us that we live those commandments out in order to show our love to God. Yeah, and, we get to love and serve our neighbor. Exactly. Too, right? And exactly. so it's not a, uh, well, God's watching me if I don't do this. No, but, right. you know, the motivation, I think, becomes different. It is. And, and we, want to, we want to hate the sin. We don't want to live in that. And, and the way I think about it is, you know, my, my wife loves me, warts and all, even, even when I make horrible mistakes. And uh, she's, she's always with me. She's, she's very, very faithful. Um, but I don't want to take advantage of that, right? I don't want to live however because I know she's going to forgive me. Um, it hurts me when I hurt her, mm. right? So I don't want to hurt her. Uh, I want to live in such a way that honors her, that cherishes her. And, and, I, and I think that's a lot of the ways that, that God uh, loves to use that marriage analogy between us and him, mm-hmm. that the motivation that we have now to go out and live a transformed life that he empowers with his Holy Spirit, the motivation we have to do that is, man, I want to show him my love for him. I want to show him that I honor him, that I cherish him. Uh, I know he's forgiven me. I live, there's no more condemnation, but I'm so grateful. I want my life to, to reflect the love that I have for him. Yeah. I've, Go ahead. I, you know, I've heard that, you know, sometimes I have three little girls, and sometimes, you know, you bring in a piece of artwork, right? Beautiful artwork. Yes. And internally, you might be thinking, what is this, right? <laughs> but the, just the fact that your child made that piece of art for you, it's like, wow. That's value. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a treasure. You know? Yeah. So what is it, as you think about your motivation, like what is it that, that grabs a hold of your heart and really moves you to communicate the gospel using the gift God has given you with music? Well, I mean, I think that there's a lot of people that take that. I think it was the B approach where, mm-hmm. you know, now I have all of this to do and um, I must do this to appease God or whatnot. And, um, uh, in, you know, God, God's happy. <laughs> God, God is, we, it, through, through Jesus, he is not uh, upset with us, right? Um, and I think that's my hope is that people will understand that they are forgiven and now free to go love and serve their neighbor and to serve their, their spouse and their kids and their siblings and classmates. Um, and to know that the work has, the work, the big uh, capital W, if you would, would work of salvation has been accomplished in Christ. And now we are free to go and love and serve others out of response to what Christ has done for us. So Awesome. And that's, that's uh, just a, an outpouring, 
right? Yeah. That, that God, yeah. he, he floods that gospel into us, and then we long to, to flood that back out into yeah. to the world around us. And, and uh, that he's just a fountain, mm. right, of, of his grace. I think yeah. you, you've got a song that kind of lends into that, don't you? <laughs> I see where you see what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Shall we sing that? Let's now? do that. Okay. <laughs> is to take um, older hymns and sometimes put them in new settings and sometimes uh, change things. This particular one uh, is a little bit different setting, but um, same, same melody. And uh, this is Come Thou Fount. Come Thou Fount of Every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. While the hope of endless glory fills my heart with joy and love. Teach me ever to adore thee. May I still thy goodness prove. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hear them by thy help I've come. And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God He to rescue me from danger Interposed his precious Washed linen, 
How I sing Thy wondrous grace. Come, my Lord, no longer tarry. Take my ransom soul away. Send Thy angels soon to carry me to realms of endless day. Uh, I, that's one of those hymns that just kind of grabs a hold of your heart and allows you to, to set your mind on things uh, in, a, in a positive way. And that's, that's so incredibly important in our everyday life because so many things compete for our attention, uh, try to get up, uh, you know, live rent-free in our heads uh, that Satan loves to make us think about and help us and tempt us to think about all the negativity in the world, all the, all the division that we have in the world, and all the tension in our own lives, all of the, the problems that, that we face on a day-to-day basis. And because he knows that if we think about all of those negative things, that negativity is going to come out. Like garbage in, garbage out. Whatever we put into our minds, that's what's going to come out of our mouths, out of our actions. And, and Paul knows this too, and, and he encourages us Set your minds on things above. Set your minds on life in the Spirit. If you really want to start seeing God make changes and transform your lives, your, your lifestyle, Paul says it's important to, to fix our minds on things above. And, and he writes that, right, into, uh, to, to, in Philippians 4.8. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things, which is really kind of interesting. Think about something worthy of praising God for. And if you fix your mind on that, it's amazing how that changes the outlook of your day, right? these folks know I, I've, I've lived a life of recovery and, and walked with a lot of people in recovery from addiction and spent enough time with people to know that, that uh, if somebody is active in their addiction and they're constantly thinking about it, right? In their mind, they're thinking about when's the next time I'm going to buy alcohol or when's the next time I'm going to have a drink uh, and they're planning it and they're thinking about it and they're rehearsing it in their head and it just becomes natural when that opportunity presents that they're going to give into that temptation. Then there's individuals that, boy, they really want to avoid it. And they, 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 don't want to, they don't want to drink or, or use pornography or whatever the case may be that, that's a part of their, their addiction. They, they don't want to do it. They want to avoid it. And they think about just avoiding it. And the problem is when you think about avoiding it, given enough time, you're just going to give back into it. Uh, but the people who really grab a hold of a successful recovery are the ones who don't think about acting out. They think about sobriety. They set their minds on thinking about what kinds of things do I need to do or people I need to be with that will set me up for success, right? And they're thinking positively, what is going to be healthy I add to my life in order to avoid what I don't want to do? And when you, you fix your mind on things uh, of, of health, mm-hmm. that's the direction that your mind and your, and your speech and your activity is going to track. And, and Paul knows this. And he says, if you're experiencing this tension in life between being dead to your sin but alive in Christ, if you want your lifestyle to really move in the direction that, to become more and more Christ-like, think about things that Christ thinks about. 
And when you, when you set your mind to those things, your life is going to follow. And it's so incredibly important what you think about and what you allow to live rent-free in your head. And I think sometimes it's really easy to get down if we think about all the difficulties and all the problems and all the struggles that we have in this life. And if we focus on those, um, our life is just going to spiral. But if we, we don't have to ignore that those happen or deny that those happen, but to fix our minds instead on things above, well, God does amazing things with that. How do, you, how do you see music helping people set their minds on things of God? Um, well, we're going to sing a song in a little bit that um, is called There Will Be Rest. And I wrote the song after being around my community in where I was in, living in New York um, at the time. And people were... Um, burdened with um, life. And for them, it was a very practical thing of, you know, we need to work harder, do more, that type of thing. But um, I think anybody who has access to 24-hour news or just is, is even mildly aware of what happens in the world, it's very easy to get overwhelmed with what's happening. And not, not that we shouldn't care um, about what's happening in the world, that's not what I'm saying, but it is easy to get overwhelmed and even have that consume you. And so when, we, when I wrote this song, I wanted it to be something that reminded us of where um, our hope comes from, but also uh, what, we should, you know, what we should fix our eyes on, but also a sort of... Um, like if you look in the Psalms, we have some Psalms of lament that are crying out, you know, where, where are you, God? They're wrestling and dealing with that thing. But as they walk through that Psalm, many times we see God is with them in that. And they, the Psalm of lament turns to Psalm of, of praise. There's a transition that yeah. happens. Yeah. And so with that particular song, I, it, it's a calling out, where are you, God? And... Um, I think that, and then the song ends with an acknowledgement that he is here and that he is here, he has come, and he is coming again. Mm. We're not yet to Advent, um, although it sounds like you're getting ready for Christmas uh, <laughs> from the announcements earlier, but, you know, that's what Advent is all about, right? And an acknowledgement that Christ has come for forgiveness of sins and he will come again. And so for that, um, that's where I was headed with that. Uh, song, and I had a a, a young boy, and um, his father came to me, and uh, they said, "You know, we that really spoke to us. My son here, he's been in and out of the hospital with uh, terminal illness, and um, and he, they said basically we needed that. And uh, first of all, I was like, wow, um, did not." You know, I wrote the song for people whose lives are too busy. <laughs> and it spoke to that young man who's in the hospital thinking he might die any moment, but he wants to fix his eyes on, on Jesus. Hmm. And um, it is super easy to get consumed with so much of what can happen in life that is way, often way beyond our control. I don't know a ton about addiction, um, but I do know that um, I have friends who um, 
were addicted and thought they got better and then turned out not with, with drugs. And, uh, but we have a God who, who, who saves, a God who Amen. redeems, and um, doesn't, a, a God that doesn't uh, say to us, work harder, do more, try harder. <laughs> Certainly he invites us into the beauty that is new life, right? And we will experience that fully when we are, um, as we just sang in that hymn, Come Thou Fount, when we are standing face to face. So I hope I answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, you know, what we think about and what we, what, maybe even what we listen to is so incredibly important. Uh, I, I, I went through a, a lot of different seasons in my life of what I listen to when I'm in my car, driving around, making different calls and, and whatnot. And, and uh, you know, there was, a, there was a season where I loved to listen to, uh, to politics on the radio. And, and, I, and I didn't understand why, uh, but I would leave my car feeling angry. Right, because it would just, maybe maybe some of you sometimes listen to the radio or you watch the news and you just get angry with what's going on or what different parties believe and and uh, and I would leave feeling angry. So I, I was able to determine it's because I'm listening to angry people that I feel angry now because uh, I'm kind of codependent. I like to absorb the the feelings of those around me. But so I start, I switch. I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch to uh, sports radio. Uh. More angry people. More angry people, which apparently I'm even more angry about sports than I am politics. So that didn't do me any good. So then, uh, then I started. I started listening to. Uh, I started listening to, to worship music, and it's amazing to me just the just that practical switch of when I, I leave my car. It's like there's this there's this peace that washes over me, and. And it, what Paul is teaching is exactly true. What you, what you allow into your head, allow into your ears, it impacts your heart and it impacts your mind. And, and what you hear, you start to think about a lot. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful for you and, and, and ministries like 1517 that value how do we take God's truths, wrap them up in music, which David loved to do, right? David in the Old Testament, what a musician, and, and, and all of his psalms, just amazing songs to God. Uh, because it wrap, music has this way of wrapping up our hearts and tying together with what we're thinking about. It, it does. I mean, you know, I often share that, you know, 1517 is um, an organization that's been around for a handful of years now. And we've done, we have a podcast network with 20 shows. We have a publishing house that releases books, free online courses, a daily blog that produces a million articles or whatever, you know. And so sometimes people say, why did you, why did you start music as part of 1517? And I said, that's rude. So <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, why did you do it? Yeah, no, I think yeah. music's a good idea, but, but why, why you? Why me? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, you, you're right. Music has this way of sticking with us in a way that other things might not. Um, for example, um, these songs are a little old now, but in my house, it's been Into the Unknown. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> you know, these songs get stuck in your head and they're just bouncing around in there. And, um, you know, they're great songs and everything, but um, we wanted to write songs that really stuck with you, stuck in your head with uh, a message of grace, of forgiveness, um, of, of the gospel. And, um, and so that's why we started 1517 Music. And my hope is that the work we create will preach to people 
in every season, both liturgically and both seasons of life, ups, downs, you know. Um, for me, um, a lot of worship music can be very, uh, f for a specific season, the mountaintop season. And um, I always try to go back to the Psalms because I think that the Psalms give us the words for every season. They give us the words for the, the highs and the lows and, and the in-between um, because nobody uh, that I've ever met honestly lives at the, the mountaintop all the time. And so it is my hope that we will be able to continue to um, sing the gospel to, to everybody who listens um, by searching 1517 Music as the artist on Apple Music and Spotify or wherever you stream music. <laughs> if we thought ahead, we would have had that on the stream. <laughs> yeah, so that's my hope. That's awesome. Thank you, Blake. You know, when, when Paul wraps up this text, it, it really has so much to do with mission that uh, a lot of people, when they read Romans or they think about the church in general with, with Christianity and the gospel, it's easy to, to summarize the gospel with, I'm a, I'm a broken sinner. Christ died for me to pay the price that I deserve, and he paid it in my place so that I can live with God forever, right? Uh, but that understanding of the gospel, while that is 100% true, is just a piece of it. That, that another piece of the gospel is that God brings transformation into our life today. And he starts bringing change into our life today. And he talks about that as we put our minds on things above. We think about those, those positive things that, that he brings changes into our actions as well, but for a purpose. Right? There's a mission behind it, that he comes into our life with his gospel and transforms who we are as sons and daughters in God for a particular purpose, for a job to do. And that job isn't just so that we have more peace and more strength, which is what we receive when we, when, we, when we have Jesus in us, but also for that reason that we spread it out into the rest of the world, that the, the mission that we have together here at St. Luke's, we have a mission that's awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. That's, that's how we live out the Great Commission in this time and this place that we want God to wake up our hearts, to wake up the hearts of those around us in every single generation. It's not like, it's not like one generation carries the banner for the rest of us, that all of us are plugged in from, from uh, two years old to, to, uh, to, to right at our deathbed. We have this mission, no one's given it up yet, uh, to the power of life in Christ, that we want God to, to radically transform our community. Um, and so a mission is so incredibly important. It lets you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, uh, who you're doing it for. So I'm curious, the 1517, what is the mission of 1517? Our mission statement is to declare and defend that you're forgiven and free on account of Christ alone. And um, so that what we do, how that plays out, is we want to equip as many people in as many ways as possible to hear that, hear that word. Um, we have a significant amount of people that have been, that have gravitated towards 1517 that sort of have been saddled with that guilt of, I, I have to do more for this. And we want people to know, like, doing good is not bad, right? <laughs> but Christ has accomplished salvation, therefore, go and love, serve your neighbor, 
share the gospel, you know, bring hope. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so we like to wrap up our, our sermons here with a, with a thought to kind of capture people's imaginations and heart as they go from here, maybe go have lunch, that they can kind of throw this conversation starter around their lunch table and, and get an idea of it. And so as we think about fixing our minds on things above, this is the, the question that we have for all of you. Feel free to write this down. I encourage you to write it down. How will you set your mind on Jesus' cross and resurrection this week? How will you set your mind on Jesus' cross and resurrection this week? How are you going to intentionally think about that? And uh, I think we're going to go have, have lunch in just a little while. I'm certainly starving. Uh, and uh, I think that's something we can, we can continue to engage in, how that, how that works in our, in our everyday life. And we can work out the details on our battle rap as well. Absolutely. We, yeah. can, we can battle rap for the bill. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be gorgeous. All right. Thank you very Thank much you. for spending time with us today. Absolutely.